Welcome back, everybody, to the CC Podcast. It is the morning of Thursday, June 1st. Happy June to you. Uh, we are now in the early stages of summer. Uh, Louisville men's basketball roster has been set. Louisville baseball team has seen its disappointing 2023 season come to an end. It feels like we are now officially in off-season mode for at least three months until we get to Jeff Brom kicking things off in Atlanta. But we're still here podding for you. Uh, Mike Rutherford here in Louisville, Kentucky, Danny Snard in Columbus, Ohio, and Dan, tomorrow, the Rutherford's ahead of your way. We're coming up for a, an adults-only weekend. We're going to the Memorial Golf Tournament. We're excited about it. It's going to be fun. Oh, I mean, this is going to be great. Like, I've, I've gone with my wife a couple times, and both times I was there, you know, the first thing obviously in my head is, like, if we can get a group out here, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, it's going to be hot, um, but... You know, we're going to be cheering on our boy Xander, who we took this week, um, sprinkling in some Victor Hovland on DraftKings. He just bogeyed number 12. No big deal. <laughs> um, but, no, I, I, it's, uh, it's a great event. It's awesome, and uh, I think we're going to have a good time. Yeah, we made a bet on a group bet on Victor Hovland, a hog daddy, uh, but our, our fantasy golf, which, look, we're, we're doing okay this year. We're, I think, in the top third of the league. Uh, we had Scotty Scheffler in the uh, in, in the PGA who finished third. Um, we're, we're we're doing better. Missed the cut last week. That was on me. Hand up. Not not a great week. But we need Xander to step it up this week because uh, we can't lose any momentum. We're we, we got to keep it going. Yeah, I got. It's like sorry, a little rusty here coming on the pod. I got nothing to add to it, but I'm curious. <laughs> It's like I'm cheering for Xander. Um, it's like, oh, is this where I'm supposed to talk? Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's the deal. Had a little late night last night on a Wednesday. Uh, went to went to the crew game uh, and unexpectedly, uh, like uh, we had to get a ride home. Long story short, and you know we we become good friend friends with a lot of the uh, parents on my my son's soccer team and. We decided to go ahead and kind of make it a late night and get some late night grub. And uh, I don't think my son had really been a part of like a late night get home past midnight type night. Um, I think it was a shock to his system this morning. He's really <laughs> he, he's reeling a little bit. Can't say because my wife did not go. Can't say she was thrilled when I strolled in after midnight <laughs> with my son, especially when I looked down and I had six texts. Where are you? Are you alive? <laughs> Um, but other than that, we're doing okay today. We're grinding through. People are like, why didn't you do more summer pods last year? And we made up the whole excuse about, like, I had long COVID last year. I wasn't feeling great last year. The reality is Dan's an alcoholic, which is why no. we're, not, we're not doing the summer pods. Oh, no, I'm just a diehard crew fan. What can <laughs> I say? I'm just, I'm, I'm, one of, I'm a diehard. I'm painted up last night yellow and black we beat the colorado i don't even know what their name is i maybe watched 10 seconds of the game um but yeah uh it was a good time uh we had you there there were a couple options we could do for this podcast we could jesus dan get it together Uh, (laughs) (laughs) we, we we could have the conversation that i have i think three times a day on the radio about kenny payne's roster and the talent upgrade and how many wins is going to be enough and, and all that shit. And we could get excited for football. We got all summer to do that. So, right. so we're, we have not had a good mailbag episode in a long time. So I asked for some questions 
uh, on Twitter. You guys responded with like a, a shitload of questions, so we'll get to as many of these as we can. It's going to be straightforward. We're going to take questions. We're going to get silly. We're going to, you know, do whatever. Uh, hopefully, have a fun hour or so. Listen here, and then we'll uh, we'll move on to the summer topics, and we'll get back to arguing about Kenny Payne uh, next week or in two weeks or whenever. So, uh, Dan, are you ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to go, we had questions on Twitter, but we had a, a question via email like last month that I was holding on to. This is uh, via Kevin Sansbury. Uh, we actually know his, his brother, Brian. Uh, he's oh, nice. Big Sans fans here on, oh, the, yeah. uh, on, the, uh, on the podcast. But Kevin says, I've got two questions for the next podcast. One, what's it like writing for work during March Madness? Do you watch every single game in their entirety? Is it less enjoyable since you have to? How does your wife not murder you? Uh, And then, uh, two, if the over-under for how many questions Dan asks to answer himself is five, which will you take? (laughs) I.e., quote, am I still going to watch the game? Of course I will, but I won't be as excited. (laughs) You you, you do? (laughs) Okay, now I'm really, it's like, am I self-conscious about that? (laughs) Of course I'm self-conscious about that. Uh. The answer to the first question, writing for March Madness is awesome. It's like one of my favorite things. Um, at the end of the tournament, I'm always glad that it's over. I'm always like, Jesus Christ. Like that, it's, a, it's a long, if you count conference tournaments, because I always do stuff with that as well, it's a long four or five weeks. Um, but it's, I mean, it's my favorite sporting event in the world. It's my favorite like time of the year. And so being able to watch all the games and then, put thoughts down and get paid to do it is I, I never get sick of it it's awesome uh, I can't watch every single game in its entirety so yeah, I, I do the same thing where it's like I'm always around when the games are happening but I, I'm, I'm flipping around I'm trying to focus on the game that's the most important I'm trying to make sure that I'm I'm capturing moments and keeping track of big stats and big tidbits and, and great quotes throughout the day it's it, it's definitely a lot it's, it certainly worked the weird thing is it's the only time where it gets sort of annoying is when Louisville's in the tournament and they're making a run because you're trying to balance both of those things. Right. That has not been an issue in recent years, unfortunately. Uh, so I, I feel like when Louisville does get back to the tournament and does yeah, hopefully make a, a deep run whenever that happens, it's going to be interesting to see how that, that works. Hopefully I'll still be doing the March Madness. I, mean, they hire, I used to do it as a full-time employee. Um, I do it as contract work now the last uh, last three years. So hopefully I can keep doing it. I am putting together a early season top 25 for next year for college basketball. Uh, I would love to just put Louisville 4 and just see how people react to that. I think that would be very funny. Because, like, one, you'd have the rest of the country furious, and then you'd have Louisville fans pissed off at me for being like, here it is, Final Four or bust. Like, if, if Kenny Payne doesn't go to a Final Four, every Louisville fan should be at his throat. But uh, but we're not going to do that. But I um, real quick before we move on, Brian Sansbury, one of my like like meeting him, who we've become good friends over the years. He's now a doctor, living back in Louisville. Like meeting him was one of my favorite stories about like U of L fans, like all that we have in common. So I didn't know him until senior year of high school. I don't know when, when you met him, Dan. I think it was right. It was right around then, maybe a year before. I think I knew him a little before you. Because I feel like I feel like I met him at a party. He went to San X. We went to Trinity. I feel like you knew him before I did. But we were at this party, and like me, him, and another one of our friends, Nick Kramer, like we we all start talking about U of L together. And this is in the middle of the the O three season, and like we have these same thoughts, we have these same you know it was one of those before internet times where like holy shit, people remember the same things about U of L basketball that I do and have the same. Right. And like by the end of the night, he's like, 
we're going actually going to Marquette. Like you should come with us for the the game tomorrow. And I was like, I was like, am I gonna fucking do this? I was like, am I, I was like, I met this guy an hour and a half ago. Are we gonna drive to Milwaukee tomorrow? Uh, and I didn't go. I should have. It was the the crazy Reese Gaines game. But it was like that was just like a very cool U of L fan moment. It's one of the uh, the best parts about being a Cards fan. It was a oh yeah, that's that's part of my Freedom Hall memories is is running to to Sands when we were there. But just uh, to kind of answer the question from my point of view, as far as you, <laughs> no, as far as you writing during March Madness, I selfishly hate it because I want to get together like socially. Oh yeah, like, I want to like go places and watch the games and blah blah blah. And like I totally get it. Like you're, you're obligated. You got to do a job. And uh, but from my end, it's it's like very frustrating. Like around like St. Patrick's Day, I'm always like, hey, come out to the parade. And like you're like, hey, I, I got to write. And it's 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 a Debbie Downer on my end. But I, I enjoy reading your work, so it, it makes up for it a little bit. Oh, and to answer the part about how my wife feels, yeah, she she fucking hates it. Like, like, yeah. like she is like, Jesus Christ, can I get any help? I'm like, I'm like, I'm working. What do you want me to say? I do. I one thing I will say, you writing about March Madness was one thing, and I selfishly hate it. I totally miss the kickoff to college basketball, where it was 24 hours of basketball. And you oh yeah, that was easily like my favorite time to follow you on social media and follow your writing, like. That was great. You're like, all right, 3 a.m. pack of Sour Patch Kids. Like, here we go. The uh, thing about the staying up all, for 24 hours and blogging about the marathon is, like, I know you liked it. I know the people who followed it liked it. But the clicks were not worth it. Like, like, like the, yeah. the, the numbers for those posts were not great. And I was like, I'm killing myself here. And like, I'm, like, looking at it. It's like, oh, we got 500 people reading your Manhattan UMass 6 a.m. live blog. Probably not worth it in the long run. So I think after like I did that for the first three years or so that I had the job, and after the third year they're like maybe we could just you know write some previews for the Champions Classic games and and not do this anymore. I'm like that's that's fine with me. I've done it now. There had there had to be a couple times at like 4 a.m. when you're watching like Hofstra that you were evaluating your life decisions. There were some bad the. the the four or five, six a.m. like that that span is where it gets really tough because the sun's gone. Like you've lost the initial adrenaline rush. Like you're, it, yeah, that was tough. That was that was always bad. But then once once you get to the daytime, you're just kind of in this weird altered. You, you just feel super high. It's a weird state. But uh, that was always I always enjoyed doing it, especially the first time. After that, it got a little bit. It was tough, and then it, yeah, the, the traffic was not nearly worth it, so we stopped doing it. Uh, all right. Uh, Yuval Hot Hot says, would you trade a spot in the expanded college football playoffs for a men's basketball Final Four run? Uh, if you're asking me, I would say yes. Um, you trade the spot, you, you go Final Four over playoff spot. No, I'm sorry, no, I would not. I, I would I would go college football playoff, excuse me. Me too. Um, and there's a couple reasons. One, I mean, everybody loves something new. Like, that would just be, like, uh, you know, Jeff Braun, not that Kenny Payne going to a Final Four isn't a big deal. Of course, it's just as big as, you know, Jeff Braun making a playoff. But I think in the landscape of kind of where we're at, like with the ACC and who knows what's going to happen to the conference, we really need to position ourselves well in football. Um, and I don't know. I just said, like, the college football playoffs knew. It's it's exciting and 
I, it's something that obviously I want to be a part of. Not that like I'm tired of Final Fours, but um, I just think it would be awesome. I mean, can you imagine? So in the in the new playoff, the first round games, which will yeah, be like the home like, games, yeah, which will be like five versus twelve, six versus eleven, seven, ten, eight, nine. Can you imagine hosting one of those games? Like, like, <laughs> like fucking playoff, LNN Stadium, tailgating, going to your seats, like going nuts in, in a playoff game that has like literal direct national title implications. Win and, and you march on, you go to whatever bowl game's next, lose and you go home. I, I think this is my this is my grand prediction for the playoff. Like I think it's gonna be a rousing success. I think people are going to love it. I think people are going to, to look at it and wonder why the fuck we took so long to get here. But I think you're also going to see the teams that are getting those top four seeds, they're going to look at that first round and be like, well, we want to host a game too. And I think the second round eventually is going to go to campus sites too because if you're Alabama and you're you're watching you know, the 5-12 game and it's, I don't know, Michigan versus whoever, and you're seeing that crowd at Michigan and you're seeing people go, I mean, it's going to be the craziest atmosphere of these places ever because, again, it's a direct national title implication you're going to be like, well, I want that advantage too. I don't want to spend th- the next three rounds traveling to neutral sites for these uh, to make a run to the national title. Like, I'd like to have at least one game at home. It'd be the, the biggest game we've ever hosted. That this is crazy. Like, I think that's eventually going to happen. But they're going to have to find a way to you know, make the bowls happy and, and keep. Yeah, the money that's right. the thing. I, like the the money being tied up there is that that's a big hurdle to clear. But I, I get your line of thinking there for sure. But I pick playoff to, to answer the question, uh, at least at the beginning. Eventually, obviously, right. we all want to go to a Final Four, but the playoff would be, yeah, for all the reasons you mentioned, just a, a huge jolt of life into the football and the athletic program. Um, Scott King says, what's the most outrageous jackass stunt that you would do right now? I haven't watched jackass in a long oh, time. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to brush up on my jackass. Jeez. Um, I don't know, like... I remember, like, one time, like, a porta potty went flying. I shouldn't even answer. So I'm like, so I'm, 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 I'm very, very rusty. On uh, my brother would be great for this. My brother and like his friends in high school, like, they like made jackass videos on their own. And, I remember. So one of the one of the things they did was, you know, like around St. Matthew's Mall, like, um, there's like a road and. Uh, it like kind of goes to the back where like Sears was, and there's this like really like kind of like random hump in like the road that goes back there. They piled like 20 people into a van and basically floored it and got airborne on that road that like went behind St. Matthew's Mall. Um, I don't know, but it doesn't sound as good when I'm just explaining <laughs> it, but watching it live was funny, and also like I don't think my parents appreciated it when it came out. I think I do the rocket skates one. I think I could I could handle that. Uh, oh yeah, I think that yeah. was I can't remember who that was, but it was yeah. I, I do rocket skates. Uh, Cards fan nine twenty two says, "Who would be the best non basketball head coach to replace Payne in the twenty twenty four twenty five season, Ted Lasso style?" And was the New Zealand basketball coach that Higgins referred to uh, as being on the short list a reference tailored specifically for the eight U of L fans who remember the Ross McMain type? Uh, hand up! I've not started the new season of Ted Lasso yet. I was waiting for it all to come out before I started watching it, so I don't, I don't get the Higgins reference. But as far as the best non-basketball coach who could replace Kenny Payne in a year, um, I'm sure th- this, this is where my lack of like soccer knowledge comes into play. I'm sure there's some 
European character who would you know, do a, a great reverse Ted Lasso, but I don't I don't know him. Um, I don't know. So this can just be anyone, or does that have to be like soccer related? No, just non basketball sports head coach who could replace Kenny Payne. Uh, is Jack McKeon still alive? I don't think so. <laughs> it's like we're lo- we're losing listeners. Um, <laughs> don't think don't think trainer Jack is still with. Uh, Jack McKeon is alive. He's ninety two oh, years old. Shit, sorry. Get the Jack. fuck out of my face. I I knew that. I I look up whether or not Jack McKeon is live like twice a year, and I I felt like the last time I did that he was alive. He's ninety two years old. That's my pick. Trader Jack, former Reds manager, Florida Marlins World Series manager, Jack McKeon coaching UofL basketball. Boom. All right, that's a good one. Um, I will go with uh, I'll go with D Wayne Lucas. (laughs) (laughs) All right, D Wayne. I mean, the guy's going to demand respect just by his presence. A reformed Bob Baffert, maybe trying (laughs) trying to get right. Uh, I was with Dwayne Lucas one time on the backside and watch him set up a date with his grandson and Katie George in like 20 seconds, and it was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. He's like, he's like, he's like, nice to meet you. This before Katie was like, I think she just graduated U of L. He's like, nice to meet. You. He's like, I think you'd be a great date for Derby for my grandson. He's like, he's gonna, fl- I'm gonna fly him in and on a on a plane tonight. And she was like, okay, and that was it was done. I was like, this is pretty crazy. So I used I used to valet park cars at Churchill. I think I've told this story on the pod, maybe. But uh, he would come in every day, and I'd always park his Escalade. Um, and he was great tipper. I'd always have to put his, I'd always have to put his jacket on him. Like think about that, like me, just like <laughs> holding the jacket. Um, and he'd always tell me which race he was coming out. But he he left his phone number on the dash, and like young college Dan obviously put that phone number in his phone and uh, definitely gave D-Wayne a couple drunk dials when I was in college and I think I may have left a voicemail one time um, yeah I'm, I'm starting to mature now at age 37 can we get D-Wayne on the pod I would love it D-Wayne is the man I mean the man Dr. of Duck says uh, who are your top three college basketball coach additions to an I think you should leave sketch. <laughs> oh God. Uh Passner. I was gonna say, does Passner count? I mean Oh he's out now, he's not a coach, but Yeah, I know. Um God, I'm like trying to think of like someone somebody like kind of ra- random. It's like Tad Boyle. Um, I love Tad. Tom Crean and Mick Cronin. I mean Pastor and Crean would weird up even the weirdest I think you should leave sketch. Um, I feel like Ed Cooley could do a good job in a sketch. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's my three. Those are my three. There's no wrong answer. I mean, you just, yeah. I like anybody. Cronin just because, like, I feel like he could do, like, a sketch where he's, like, super serious and is not really in on the bit. Yeah, I could see that. I, I could see him being good with that. I could also see him just being like, what the fuck is this, and just walking off set and not, not playing at all. Yeah. Uh, Connor Shea says, how many years in federal prison would you be willing to spend if it guaranteed that Kenny Payne wins the next three national championships? Uh, none. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's like, I love Kenny Payne. I love you all. Also love my family. Uh, I love, yeah, I'm not spending a year in federal prison. I can't do it. Yeah, I'm sorry. It just can't happen. Every now and then there'll be those questions, those, those hypotheticals on like 
golf Instagrams where it's like, would you spend 24 hours trying to make a hole-in-one on a 100-yard par three if you got, you know, $50 million if you did, but you had to spend a year in prison if you didn't. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to prison. Like, <laughs> if I finish my life without going to prison, that's a win. I, I, I really don't want to spend a year in prison. I'm not taking that chance. My, my goal getting through life is not to end up in prison. So I, I don't want to put it on the table at any point in my life. Almost came to an end. Dayton, Little Sibs weekend, 2004. <laughs> like, moving on. <laughs> oh yeah well we all have stories coming out of a house cuffed like the dude in blow johnny depp in blow um curl says which football card drafted in 2023 will make the roster um i mean they're writing insane things about malik cunningham in new england right now like talking about how what a steal he was but he wasn't technically drafted um i think I mean, I think that it, multiple players who are driving. I think Yaya Diaby will make the rast, roster. He's getting a lot of early love. I think Yasir Abdullah will make a roster. Um, I'll say those two for sure. Those those are my answers. To the I, I I just don't see how Yasir Abdullah is not a contributor at the next level after what we saw from this year. Like I know he may not have like the prototypical like you know NFL edge rusher you know body, but I mean, the dude is just relentless, and I just think he brings like something different. But again, I'm, you know, I'm not an NFL scout. I'm, I'm sure maybe I'm, I'm wrong about that, but um, I, I have a big belief in your Sierra that he's going to do good things at the next level. Oh, too, he's the man. Right. I mean, he had like no hyperbole, like one of the best seasons a defensive player has ever had at Louisville last year. And yeah, he was a big part of the reason why that team was able to win. Uh, eight games. I think, I mean, kind of going into our team this year, you know, that's that's a very huge piece to lose. Like, I think we may not be fact. I mean, I we got a bunch of guys coming in. I totally get that. Um, and I, I think that um, our edge rusher there, uh, I'm blank on his like Ashton's going to make a big leap. But, you know, losing Yasir, that's, that's going to be a big, big void to fill. Yeah, linebackers is, is the one position where I think you're still a little bit concerned on the defensive side of the ball, but Brom did a good job in the transfer portal. Got Stephen Heron, the Trinity product, who will help out there. And uh, I think they'll end up being okay. But, yeah, you're, you're losing the heart of that defense from last year, no question about it. Uh, Cash Sodell says, of the freshmen, who will be the biggest impact player next season? Any sleepers? I'm assuming this is a basketball question. Um I'm going to say I, I I think it's I'm curious to see how the freshmen adapt to the college game for sure, especially like Dennis Evans is such a, a raw product. I think he'll help you defensively right out of the gate, but offensively, how much do you get from him? Trenton Flowers is a reclass. A lot of reclass guys have not been making huge impacts in, in their freshman season. Curtis Williams, Caleb Glenn are the guys that people are talking about bringing along slowly. Maybe one of them is just way better than we think. Um, I'll go with the easy answer, which is Flowers. I think he's he's the guy that you look at and you say, he doesn't have to start and average like 15, 18 points a game, but if he's not a primary contributor next year, I think that we're in trouble. I think we need him to be good. We need him to we need him to be who we thought Kamari Lands had a chance of being last year if we're going to be a team that's flirting with the NCAA tournament. So I'll go, I'll go Trent Flowers. Okay. Um, 
this is just, this is just a shot in the dark. Just because okay. I think Sky's gonna play a decent chunk, but I just love Tyler's game, and I, I I think like what he's gonna bring to the table on the defensive end of the, uh, of things is gonna make him maybe more of a contributor. Um, he just seems farther along in that aspect than maybe some of our other freshmen. Um, so I think you're right, though. I think, you know, I think Flowers, the the ceiling is the highest for him to contribute. But um, I'm looking for guys that can play defense right away um, and hope that they can make the rotation. So I'm going to go with Tyler here. I like it. I, I like the answer. Um, Dustin says, is nine wins the bar for football? Uh, I mean, I hate to set it that high. I feel like eight definitely is. With, with what we have coming back, with the preseason hype that we're getting, with the schedule being, I mean, we missed the, you know, we're, we have the fourth best odds to win the ACC according to virtually every sports book out there, and we don't play the three teams in front of us in Florida State, Clemson, and North Carolina. It's as, it's as easy an ACC schedule as you could ask for, you know, you do get Notre Dame in the non-conference, you do get Kentucky who's had our number as of late. You know, are they going to take a step back? We'll see. Um, I feel like eight definitely is the bar that I've got for this being a successful season. Nine feels like maybe a little bit too high. How, but... how many times have we won nine games in our program's history? Well, not since 2016. I know that. Uh, yeah. And probably like it what? It, it can't be like a ton. Um, maybe it's more than I'm thinking, but that just seems like no matter how easy the schedule is, no matter how much it sets up for us, like nine wins with a first-year coach with, you know, yes, maybe guys that have proven it on the football field, but they're transfers and the team hasn't gelled together, I guess, is what I'm getting at. That just seems like a, a, a very high expectation. So I'm with you. Like even eight, I, I guess that's the number like that everyone's going to put it at. But with football, I just – I try to be a little bit more realistic um, you know, I, I think we're going to be flirting with seven, even though that might be disappointing with some people, but seven to eight kind of feels right to me. Well, you hate Jeff Brom. I don't hate Jeff Brom. I, I just think once the season starts, it's like, oh yeah, like there are, there, there's always like a surprise good team and the other team is trying like, to win too. Yeah. A hundred percent. There's letdown games and, um, it, it happens, but yeah, I, I, I don't, fault anyone for for putting it at nine yeah i think i said it on the last podcast which my understanding of of where jeff and and the coaching staff is right now is they think they have a chance to be good this year but they also think this is the the least talented roster that they're going to have during their time at louisville like they they, they think it's only going to get better moving forward which i'm sure everybody does but they really feel confident with the way that they've been able to use nil the way they've been able to hit in the transfer portal some of the quarterbacks that I think that they can get in and develop moving forward. No disrespect to, like, I think Jack Plummer is good, and he's going to he's going to be good enough this season for us to be a good team. But I think they, they believe that they're going to have NFL-caliber quarterbacks moving forward. I'm not sure Plummer's on that level, but we'll find out. Um, Mike McClure says, did Tyler Johnson take a visit before committing? I've got no idea, but I, my understanding is no, that that did not happen. But he came out of nowhere. Look, there was no murmuring. There was no tweets out there hinting at a commitment coming from a, 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 a incoming freshman. This was like, boom, out of nowhere, Tyler Johnson's a Cardinal. Um, I, I didn't hate it for sure, but I 
did not there was no slow build here so i i didn't hear if he took a visit if he did it was an unofficial type thing but we haven't got to talk about him i love this kid like i really do i i have i have high hopes for him he's like what i like in a college point guard like he has like those attributes um i love that he's from new york uh you know i i just i'm not expecting like huge things like out of the gate but i think um i think we hit on one here if 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 you're you know a betting man i i I like what i've seen from the kid just kind of watching his his uh his high school films i like him too i i hate that he was the last scholarship because i i still would have loved to have seen us get a experienced uh, guard that has played you know three four years at a high level in college who could come in and really you know we, we knew what we could know what we were getting from them right out of the gate, but I like his game a lot. I, I think he's going to be a good college player. Um, you mentioned he's a Bronx kid, our savior Lutheran. The, the Russ Smith comparison started immediately there with him being just six feet tall, but he's got like, he's got strength that's ready to play in the ACC right away. He seems to be a dynamic finisher. Uh, he seems to be a, you know, I think a hard nosed kid. Now the issues defensively, he's, he's not been great. I think you're going to have to get him better on, on that front. Uh, if you look at the highlights that the people have broken down also the turnovers, like he, his two biggest weaknesses have been like, you know, kind of our biggest weaknesses for the last year, um, the turnovers in the defense. So that's going to have to improve, but I think that, that's, that's, that's on coaching. I, yeah. I think a lot of our incoming, I mean, that's where I hope that we are just spending, you know, we did, we said this last year, but, I mean, defensing, defense and rebounding. I mean, geez, just just absolutely run them into the ground on that because I, I think a lot of these guys are talented enough offensively where you know that that'll eventually come. Like, I could care less the first ten, fifteen games. You know how we look offensively. Like, I I hope they're sloppy, hard nosed, like grinded out games because. Um, that's kind of where we're going to need to, you know, to be polished at at the end of the year. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think everything needs to be better. There's, there's yeah, no no, I, I know. Yeah. Um, let's see. Joe Jackson says, "Is there any part of you that feels bad for Coach Cal and BBN for only having seven scholarship players for next season as of June 1st? <laughs> no, kidding me. Yeah, I mean, that's wild. I'm, I'm. I mean, I think. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of want to know what's what's going through Cal's mindset, um, you know, leading up to all this. But the fact that their roster is what it is right now, um, yeah, I don't know. Kind of not not the uh, off season that um, BBN is uh, is used to. It's a great recruiting class, but as we've seen, and as you know, we're kind of part of this case study as well going into next year. Freshmen aren't winning at that level anymore in college basketball, at least freshmen alone. You're getting, I mean, we're seeing a lot of guys who five years ago, 10 years ago would have gone pro, be, even if they couldn't be an NBA player just because you, they wanted to start their pro career and started making money. A lot of those guys are coming back. I mean, Zach Eady announced last night he's coming back, National Player of the Year. Two years in a row where the National Player of the Year has returned to college for another season, that had not happened since Tyler Hansborough back in, in 08, 09 before then. So freshmen's role in college basketball has become a little bit more limited. And right now all UK has is that recruiting class. So 
Um, it's a they're in a weird spot. We'll see what happens. Right. They're going to be a very, very interesting case study for next season. Chase Moberly says, over under of 18 and a half wins for our basketball team this season and who will lead the team in assists? Well, it should be Sky Clark, but the, the over under, look, last year, last summer, I know we didn't do a lot of podcasts. I mentioned that before. I was, I was feeling so sick. But I do feel like every time we did a podcast, it was the summer of me saying, I'd love to be wrong about this. Like, I, I feel like every statement that I made, I, I, I had to like preference it with that. And now I feel like we're kind of back here again where I found myself doing the same thing. I'd love to be wrong about this. I'm going with the under for, for 18 and a half wins. I, I, like, I love what Kenny Payne has done this offseason. I think the roster is undeniably more talented than it was a year ago. I don't see enough to make me feel confident until I actually see it with my own eyes for me to believe that this team is going to you know, win five times as many games this season as they did last year. So I, I'm going to go under 18 and a half. Yeah, and I'm going to preface this, obviously. with I mean, everybody knows this. Coming off of 4-28 and 28 year to have a top five recruiting classes. Unbelievable job by Kenny and the staff to be able to pull that off. Um the no transfers, you know, or the, the lack of transfers, that's definitely going to play a part in why I'm going to take the under 18 here as well. And Like every reason you've given earlier, it's just this isn't the day and age where freshmen are ruling college basketball and there's a huge learning curve. There's a lot of experience in college basketball now, and I just think 18 wins might be I, – I, I, I'm hoping by the end of the year that they kind of put it together, but – I, I think, especially with the schedule we have, you know, coming out of the beginning of the year, it's 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 going to be a struggle at first. We don't know the whole non-conference schedule, but we do know, you know, we're, we're going to play UConn, Texas, you know, Indiana, two of those three teams in New York. We know we're going to play Kentucky. Uh, we do know we're going to host Bellarmine again. I think it's going to be the season opener, but I'm not 100% sure there. Um we're going to play – we don't even know if we're going to be in the SEC, ACC challenge because we finished last. And there's one team has to be out, oh out from the ACC. Historically, with the Big Ten challenge, it was always the team that finished last the year before. That would be us this year. I don't know if that's the way they're going to do it, but we'll see there. That would be one less game. So there are going to be enough open spots where Kenny Payne could schedule pretty soft in the non-conference. <laughs> uh, we have to play to Paul, which I'm – dreading but we're going to go up there and play the return game this season so the non-conference schedule i don't know i i I don't think it's going to be as tough as it was last year which is probably a good thing but i still don't think it's going to be soft enough where i feel confident in saying like this should be definitely a 1920 win team now if they come out and they look totally different in early november i can i'll change that thought but i just we're we're going off the information we have and it's a it's a one-year data size and and based on that I'm, i'm going under Card Sox says, what is our attendance going to be for the first home opener in football? I assume we, assuming that we look good against Georgia Tech. So that would be, we'll play Georgia Tech on, on that Friday of opening weekend. Then we'll come home short week, Thursday night, Murray State, 730. I'd love it if this was a Saturday game for Brahms' first home game. But assuming, let's say we go out there and we beat GT by two touchdowns. We look good. I still think it's going to be at least on par with last year's. Last year's home opener was Florida State. It was a big game, and we had about 46,000 there. 
I'm still got bold prediction. I, th- I think we beat that. I know season ticket numbers are way up. Uh, the last report was there's only like 2,800 season tickets available for purchase. I'm going to say we get close to or just above 50K for that Murray State game. Um, and how many does the stadium hold? Uh, right around 61,000. Okay. I'm going to go higher. I don't know. I. All right. I just I, like I, I'm going to say it's around like 56 to 57. I, I okay. just think there's too much excitement around the football program, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm overestimating it, but um, yeah, I, I, I do think some of it depends on the first game. Um, but like you said, if we come out win by two two touchdowns and look pretty decent doing it, I, I, I think it's going to be a big welcome home party for Jeff. We got a lot of Reds questions. Um, oh, baby. Which I'm excited about. Cole says, how good is Matt McClain? And what position would Ellie play in football? I'll hang up and listen. One, I'm in love with Matt McClain. Like, <laughs> he's, he's your type of player. At my core, I'm simply a man in love with Matt McClain. Uh, he has a nine-game hit streak already. He was the NL player of the week. Uh, I love him with the bats. I love him even more with the Reds right now. He's incredible. I hope we keep him forever. Uh, but that you know, we've got, we're going to bring up Ellie at some point in the very near future. I don't know how that's going to affect not just McLean, but Jonathan India, the two years ago NL Rookie of the Year. They're going to have to find a spot. They're going to have to figure out how to play all these guys together. Uh, Ellie in football, I mean, I feel like I'm going to go quarterback. Dude's a beast. 65, yeah. put him back there, let him rip. Uh, very he's, very he's Cam Newton-ish um, with Ellie. He's... I mean, he's going to be a monster. Like, he's very tall, and you can just, like, tell that he has one of those bodies that he's going to grow into it. Um, like, in five years, he is just going to be an absolute beast. He's a fucking uh, monster. But, yeah, like, I still can't believe, like, Matt McClain is on our team for the foreseeable future. He is, I mean, he's like a young Alex Bregman. I'm very excited about this. This is, this is a very positive development. I, I'm I'm pumped about McLean. Ellie De La Cruz is like the biggest. It's the first time where I've been confident about anything with regard to the Reds that being good. Like like this guy, he's a can't miss prospect. Unless something happens with a devastating injury or something, he's going to be an absolute superstar in the bigs. Like everything that he does, I mean, he's had what I think eight exit velocity hits of 100 miles an hour or greater, which is more than any player in the bigs this year. Like he's unbelievably good. I can't believe that we get to watch him in Louisville. I can't believe we're going to hopefully get to watch him with the Reds very soon. And yeah, when he when he gets called up, like he ain't coming back down. So if, if you want to see him at Slugger Field, take advantage while you can because it's probably only going to be a couple more weeks. He's the absolute real deal, and you're going to want to say, "I saw him play for the Louisville Bats way back when." Right. I, like I, maybe because it's because Cincinnati's a smaller market. I think now finally like word is trickling out about this kid like he was a top you know kept moving up moving up in the rankings and he was like top five and even when he was top five i was like how is this kid not number one and finally i think espn tabbed him as the number one prospect like about a week or two ago but i mean these these type of athletes that he is they don't come around very often and yeah like if you're in louisville get out to see this kid, you know, as soon as you can. Um, he's actually coming up to Columbus in two weeks, and I don't think he's going to be on the team by then, but um, we'll see. Kyle says, 
why did you name your daughter after our basketball arch nemesis? I don't know if this is the guy who sends this in all the time, but I feel like I've answered this question yeah. like five times in the pod. It's a family name. Get off my back. My mom is Virginia. My grandma's Virginia. My great grandma was Virginia. I think it's like seven lines deeper than that. And then um, my wife is Mary Virginia. So yeah, we had nothing to do with Virginia basketball, but. Uh, Virginia, look, in her first year of being alive, we finally beat Virginia basketball. So clearly she's the, the the catalyst to us finally getting over the hump against the Cavaliers. If you would have named John Michael Tony Bennett Rutherford, then I think we would have had some sort of, uh, you know, point to that question. But, yeah, it's a family name. Well, I made the joke in the hospital when she was born, which I thought was an obvious joke, but apparently wasn't because like a million people responded to it about how I, I, I think I said, like, I always said I was going to name my firstborn after the most recent NCAA basketball champion. So here is Virginia Rutherford. And like all these people were like, oh, shit, like what if Gonzaga had won? I'm like, well, I wasn't being serious. And then two years later, we had John and like it actually like Baylor was the champion. Baylor kind of works. After a while, Mary's like, are we going to name this fucking kid Baylor? Like, is this going to happen? And we didn't. We, we went with John, but <laughs> it would have worked out. Um, let's see. Can't read that. Uh, Sirius says, or Dan says, Mike, I won't listen. Thank you. I need to know, are the Reds the hottest team in baseball? They are quite literally the hottest team. Five games in a row. Longest winning streak in the majors. Hottest team in baseball. No question about it. Yeah. I mean, just, I know we have a losing record and, you know, if you're just a casual, you probably are like, oh, like, who cares? They're in third place and i don't know why their fans are getting excited but like we we don't get to experience this often guys okay (laughs) it's it's been a very rough like halfway rebuild halfway sign large contracts to players who don't pan out like the last like probably seven eight years and it seems like we finally are headed in the right direction we're heading there quickly so um yes we are we are the hottest team in baseball right now, and it, I I am knocking on wood. It's only going to get better during the summer here. I can't tell you how badly I need to cling on to this. Like I'm living and dying with every game right now because I've got nothing else. Like we just had one of the most disappointing U of L athletic seasons of all time. Football was whatever. Basketball was a disaster. Even the women's team, you know, they had the run to the Elite Eight, but they, they never looked like real legitimate national title contenders. Baseball had the worst season of the, the McDonald era. Um, like, like, I don't have like the summer sports that I typically have to hold on to besides the Reds. Like, there's, no, there's no World Cup. Federer's retired in tennis. Uh, Tom Lehman's not playing in majors anymore. I've got, I've got nothing else. Like Every game now with the Reds, I'm like, <laughs> we're talking about it yesterday. It's like, one game for the rest of our lives. And then we look at it. It's like Kevin Newman's hitting leadoff. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, we don't, yeah, we're, we're pretty simple people. Folks, okay. We're <laughs> Three games asking. back. Yeah. We're not asking for the moon. Um, but yeah, it is, uh, it, the summer is a lot more, um, you know, it, it's definitely a, a better and sweeter and, um, you know, more enjoyable summer when, when your team like ours, the Reds is doing well. My son's like about to fall off the trampoline, and I'm, my wife looks over. I'm furiously refreshing my phone. She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like updating the Brewers score, just seeing, seeing, seeing. <laughs> I would, okay, confession. 
two nights ago, I watched the Pirates Giants. I was at, up at twelve thirty <laughs> watching the Pirates Giants game out in San Fran. I was like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> Life was supposed to be different for both of us. Um, Damon says, "Jiff or Skippy peanut butter." Jiff. I'm a Jiff guy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I couldn't even really comment on Skippy just because I we've just been a, a Jiff family our entire lives. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. <laughs> it's like put that on my tombstone. <laughs> Father of a GIF family. Yeah. Here lies Dan, big GIF guy. <laughs> <laughs> Clark says, What are your projections for the top three scorers in the men's basketball team and why is one of them Trenton Flowers? I feel I'm gonna say not Trenton Flowers. I I'm gonna go Sky Clark. Mike James and Trey White. That's my you, that's my top three. You you stole my three. Those Sorry. were my three right there. Um, and that I mean, it's nothing against Flowers, but I think you know by skipping a class, I just think that's that's hard to throw a kid you know um, in with with college bodies. I mean, it's it's a, it, there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be a put on weight curve. Um, I don't know if that's a saying, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just think he's going to have some some growing pains along the way, and that's not a bad thing. I think he's going to be phenomenal by the time he does leave here. I, I just think that's a big jump. I do, too. Uh, there was a little news on Trenton Flowers yesterday. He's one of 35 players who's been invited to the training camp for the uh, USA Under-19 team that's going to play in the FIBA World Cup next month. I think that'll be an awesome experience for him, even if he doesn't make the – I think the final roster is they take those 35 guys and it's, it's a team of 12 players. So he's probably on the outside looking in to make that roster. But even if he doesn't, just competing against the best players in the 23 and 24 classes, I think will help him to get ready. I do think he'll be a very solid contributor this year, but I'm just not sure that he's, like, like you said, as a reclass kid, going to be able to come in, start right away and have this one and done type season. I hope I'm wrong, but can you think of a player that's reclassed that like made an immediate impact? We actually we talked about this on the radio show the other day, so this is I'm kind of cheating. There have been a lot over the years, just not recently. Like Marvin Bagley at Duke was a reclass. Jamal Murray at UK was a reclass. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. UK's actually had a few that have been really good reclass guys, but then you look at the in recent years, a lot of them have been just kind of whatever players, um, yeah, or guys that just didn't do much that first year, and then wound up being being pretty good moving forward. So. <laughs> I mean, I just like, and I'm not picking on the guy, but like I I, I think the fans, um, you know, last experience at this was our boy Fabio. Yeah, God, I mean, he just looks so far away. I was like, how many? It seemed like he's going to need like three years to get ready. I know he. I forgot where he just ended up, but I hope UC he does. Arlington. Well. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good luck to Fabio. Yeah, I mean, other reclass. Andrew Wiggins was a reclass. R.J. Barrett was a reclass. But like in recent years, you're gonna you're gonna love this. Joey Baker, big reclass guy. <laughs> uh, Ashton Hagens, reclass. Uh, Joey Baker sucks. We've established that we're it's an anti Joey Baker podcast. Uh, A.J. Lawson. James Wiseman, Kevin McCuller, who's still playing at Kansas. It's it's definitely hit or miss. Um, let's see. Chris Turpin says, how is Bompy doing? Uh, 
this is a true story. Boppy is desperate to come back to Louisville. The guy who like puts on the Boppy costume, he messages Joey Wagner like once a month and is like desperate to, to get back to Louisville. He loves it here. He's trying to leave Puerto Rico, and he's apparently a very weird guy. So Boppy, just as weird inside as he is on the outside. That would be like the ultimate April Fool's prank if I somehow got like a Boppy costume and then just randomly like, <laughs> you, you woke up one day and i was sleeping as bumpy like in the bed next to you <laughs> by the way did you get disconnected during the joey baker name drop i thought you were gonna I, have more yeah more to say I, there. Did. I got disconnected for okay a there yeah but joey baker was a reclass guy that's okay that's, well that was i can see it because he sucks yeah that's i said it on the, on the radio show I, was, I usually try to hold back a little bit more on the radio show but i'm like joey baker sucks yeah um, not, not good at basketball he's terrible we we almost cursed him uh, in a positive way though when they played us that first year of the podcast because he almost canned a game winner against us, but he didn't because he's Joey Baker and he sucks. Gil Bolberg, friend of the podcast, says, "Would you consider doing a live recording of the pod in Chicago during the week of the DePaul game?" I'd love yes. to. Oh my god, that'd be incredible. Yeah, we need to make that happen. Although DePaul fans would find out and they'd infiltrate it because they they now just they. They troll me every every time Louisville loses. Now I get flooded with the Paul fans, which is this is what happens when you make the Paul Day holiday. All um, six of them. Yeah, it's my fault. Um, Michael says, "What TV show or movie does the past five years of Yule basketball make you think of?" Old drag Yeller. Me. Old Yeller. I was gonna say, "Drag me to hell." <laughs> I, I never even saw it, but it just sounds appropriate. Old Yeller. Jesus. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, not a, not a lot of positive thoughts on that one. I think it's a, a, a movie a, a movie that has probably not the, the greatest ending. Um, but Where the red fern grows. <laughs> it's like, shout out. Uh, it's Robert Redford, right? I have no idea. I just remember reading the book in, uh, in fourth grade, which why do you know, teachers – Force ten year olds, nine year olds to read about two dogs dying. Spoiler alert: or one dog dying and the other one being so heartbroken that they couldn't go on. Just, I don't know why that was necessary at that point in my life. Yeah, God, your your ability to like retain the books that we read. I'm like, all I remember was like 1984 was one and Hatchet was one. The ha- I love the Hatchet growing. Yeah, up. It was great. Kind of a uh, uh, spinoff of uh, Castaway, almost. <laughs> kind, kind of. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Jacob says, while we'd all love for Louisville to excel at both basketball and football, do you see a future where Louisville becomes a, quote, football school? And if so, would you be okay with that? I don't foresee it. I think, I, I think eventually Louisville men's basketball is too big to fail. Uh, I, I think that we'll whether it's with Kenny Payne or with somebody else, like we'll get back to being who we're supposed to be. There's too much money around the program. There's too much fan support. It's too big of a city with too much love for Cardinal basketball to ever just grow totally apathetic. But, I mean, I'd love for football to become a national player again. We've had flashes in a pan. There's like an old saying, you know, basketball schools are just football schools waiting to get good at football. I think there's probably a lot of truth to that. I think that if you if you can choose a sport – for the betterment of your athletic program to be good at football drives the ship and it'd be great for us, especially now with conference realignment heating up again to become a really, really good football school just for the rest of the university and certainly the rest of the athletic program. Yeah. I mean, I think around Louisville, like basketball 
culture is kind of woven into the fabric of the city. So I don't foresee, like, I, I think that that's still obviously, you know, very important to the people. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right on everything that you said about football. That's it kind of what drives everything right now. I'm trying to think, is there like a, a basketball school that like has just kind of taken a, a step back and gone back into kind of the shadows, but their f- football program has just gone gangbusters. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about that, but I UConn. can't. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, there's rumors going around that they might be leaving the Big East. I just saw that on Twitter. I saw um, that. It'd be dumb. I don't, I don't yeah. think it's going to happen, but they'd have to, I don't know, hire, you know, Randy Edsall back again for the third yeah. time. Run it back. Uh, we have like we have like seventeen variations of this question, uh, so I'll read them all. Um, in, as one, a lot of people are just saying, "Are the Reds back?" And the answer is yes. The the Reds are absolutely back. We're here. They are. We're, we have uh, we have officially arrived. I was waiting for. I didn't know when it was uh, uh, good enough to say it, but we won five in a row. Two in Boston. We got Hunter Green on the bump today. Although we are facing Chris Sale, but. We we are back. We've already won the series. That's all that matters. Choppa says, what happened to your show with Master P? I think I've gotten some like, like, like this question more than any other over the last three months, and I get it. It's a, it's a weird thing. So the way that this whole thing came about, and it's I won't bore you with all the details, but it happened very quickly. Master P just wanted to do the show. He was going to be in town for Hersey's last home game, so he's like, this is an opportunity to do the first show live. And it was explained to me that we were going to do like a, it was going to be a pilot episode. They were going to just, we're just going to do it, see how it looks, have some clips to, to put on a sizzle reel, shop to some advertisers. And then if we were going to, we would get back to doing the show like in August when we got closer to the start of college sports season, we worked out some of the fine details. Now, I don't know why they advertised it that week as, as if it was going to be like a weekly show when we knew that we weren't going to keep doing it because understandably a lot of people have been confused but the show should come back if we can iron out all the details. Um, like, i.e., I'd like to get paid for, for doing this. Uh, it should come back like in August. So we'll see what happens then. I have not have not been in contact with P over the last month and a half or so. But we'll, we'll, we'll figure out what's going to happen. You only had there. one show, and I miss it dearly. I need it back in my life. Me too. Me too. I'm hoping it'll happen. Let's see. Uh, Nathan Braden says top three Pop-Tart flavors. I'm going to go. I'll go first. S'mores is my favorite. Frosted strawberries, probably my second favorite. And then I like the cookies and cream ones, probably third. What do you got? You're a big I'm pop. A, you used a, to be a big pop star guy. I did. I used to. I mean, I'm a huge uh, strawberry frost um, guy. That would easily be my number one. Um, I'll put brown sugar too. And. Yeah. Uh, yeah, three. I don't know. I like. I, I guess I'll I'll opt for for the uh, cookies and cream one. Okay. Zach Fisher says our fantasy commissioner is not addressing a league member's last place punishment of a five minute stand up written by the league members for an open mic night. Should the commission have to go on stage with our last place member and join the act? First of all, that's a hilarious punishment for a last place member <laughs> to, to write them five minutes of stand up and then make them perform it at an open mic night uh, is awesome. The commissioner needs to make sure that that happens. Uh, you you got if, if that it was agreed to before the season, it needs to be held to. Has to happen. 
I can't think of anything scarier than going to like an open mic night. Like, like I, I like to make people laugh, but like the thought of like having like to do it or else it's a total bomb, um, is, is terrifying to me. So yeah, that's a, that's a good punishment. You know, I was supposed to do stand up at the palace like two years ago. I think they, I, how did I forget about that? I don't yeah, know like, how we would have followed up on that. Well, it was supposed it was like the night of a thousand laughs. They do this every year. It's a fundraiser. They have like local people uh, that they invite to go and do like five minutes of stand up, and they they raise money for Gilda's Club. And unfortunately, it got canceled because of COVID, and they got canceled the next year too. And like, I haven't heard back. I don't know if they're doing it anymore. But like, I'm like, I'm ready. I've got my tight five. I've I've got my five minutes act ready to go whenever they're they're ready to call me back. But I was I was kind of excited to do it. Uh, I, I've been so like I kind of grade my stand up like with like. I've given like I don't know three best man speeches. Maybe I think it's three. So that's like my version of stand up. And like I've hit on a couple, and I've 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 bombed on well one in particular. But uh, <laughs> you didn't bomb. You just you just went a little too risky. I did. Yeah, a lot. kind of crossed the line a little bit. We won't uh, say it. Uh, we won't talk about it. But you did great at mine. At, uh, at our rehearsal dinner, your speech for for uh, at ours was was fantastic. You were great. I appreciate it. Yeah, that was. Uh, that was that was fun a nice relaxed environment um to, you know but yeah when when it when you kind of hear the the murmurs and like the whispers and uh i get off stage and my brother's like i hear them talking about you I was like, that's <laughs> not good <laughs> um so anyways yeah casey baldwin says how easily will the lions go undefeated this year well, they're definitely winning the North. I know that. They're, oh, boy. Here we clearly go. Clearly the class of the North with Rodgers gone. It's now the Lions era. They're gonna Are take they going to have enough guys to field a team with all their gambling stuff that they have going on? It's I, just I, two guys. Just two guys that are going to miss games. Yeah. yeah. They're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Only one real contributor. We're going to be okay. Uh, but we're going to win the North easily and go to the playoffs. We have the – I saw we have like the – seventh best Super Bowl odds. So suck on that, Dan. Hey, uh, if if the NFL is confident enough to put you guys on the first game of the season against Kansas City, I will be watching with popcorn. I'll tell you that right now. That's going to be a fun one. Um, I, I think the Vikes are we're kind of in a weird spot. Like, we're not going for it, but we're also not taking. Um, so I, But I am more confident in them than the Lions for sure. Uh, you're a loser, so whatever. Uh, Ostrich Prophet says, "Would you rather take a horse bet from David Levitch or buy a house from Stephen Van Trees?" Well, I'm not taking. I'm better at handicapping than Levitch. There's no question <laughs> about that. So I'm not taking his word. So I'm buying a house from SVT. No question. I would love a house tour from SVT, and that's not a knock against Levitch. I mean, we, you know, the Paddock Prince. We love his sheets, um, but I, I kind of want the house tour. I'm not gonna lie. I want the picket fence. <laughs> I do. I'm just joking, David. Well, you're very good at what you do. Don't get rid of it. Uh, Carito says, is Dennis Evans putting the star in your Christmas uh, tree this year, Mike? Yes. I love Dennis Evans. He's my guy. The goggles, the personality, the freakish length. Like, I, I think I'm all in on the De- uh, Dennis the Menace fan club. Like, I think he's going to be my guy for this year's team. I love him. Everything about him. I, for some reason, like, I don't know how long Dennis is going to stay. Like, he strikes me as someone that, like, when by the time he gets to be like a junior or senior, like he's going to look completely different than his freshman year. Like they're going to like flash his like 
photos on senior day and be like, oh my God, remember what Dennis looked like when he got here? <laughs> um, baby but, Dennis. Yeah, baby Dennis. Uh, no, he seems like a real likable dude. Um, I'm like super excited to kind of see his development. Um, this is a big chance for our boy Kenny to kind of show his his big man development prowess that he was kind of known for with Kentucky and the Knicks. So um, it'll be fun to follow here. So on the radio show, we've been we've been keeping tabs on Kenny Payne's statements on all the players that have signed. Like they, you know, they put out a press release whenever a player officially signs, and Payne usually has a, a quote. And for stars, he's used the phrase "high character." For every single player except one, poor Karan Davis just does, doesn't get the high character nod in the press release. Um, he also he referred to Danilo Yovanovitch as a high character warrior, which sounds like a derby horse. But that was uh, that was my favorite quote from from Kenny Payne. But for Dennis Evans' release, like Payne went over the top. Like like he referred. I'm paraphrasing. I don't have it in front of me, but he says like I can't wait to watch him develop into one of the best players in all of college basketball. Like he's calling his shot with Dennis Evans and saying this kid's a raw talent. He's got great character. He's going to play really hard for us. And eventually, you're going to see him be one of the best players in the entire country, which I think is. I'm excited about. I want to see this happen, but it's also that's like you said, a lot of pressure on Kenny Payne now to make that happen if he's calling a shot there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just it, it's nice to have uh, a highly, highly recruited big man. Like, you know, do they always pan out? No, but I, I feel like a good majority of 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 big man for whatever reason usually pans out in college basketball. Um, and just by his highlights, like, man, there's just something about him that he just seems like he's so, so raw, but has so much potential. So, I'm, you know, I'm like you. I'm, I'm, you know, very excited at the prospect of what he could turn into. Ricardo Red says, what do you think is scarier, space or the ocean? It's a good question. The ocean. The ocean. I'm, I'm going space. I mean, space. It's infinite. Like- we don't know I what's know. out there. It's insane. At least you're just kind of floating along. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, see you, Jupiter. Uh, <laughs> no, but, I mean, the ocean is, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I That place get. I, I just, like, being, like, out there in the middle of, you know, just knowing what's lying in the water makes me a little... Like you know, uncomfortable. They're both terrifying, and they're both you know so big that we don't know as much as we you know, should or could know about what's out there. But I, I'm going space. It's it, it's it's terrifying. It's infinite. Who knows what the hell's out there? It's it's yeah, creepy. Uh, we have a lot of basketball expectations. A lot of questions about you know does Kenny Payne get fired uh, if this record happens? We can save those for another podcast. I'm sure we will have those conversations as the season goes on, as the summer goes on, and we get closer and closer to, to November. But we'll we'll end with this question. Alan says, please rate KP's offseason from A to F with the new roster complete. How likely is it that he has a winning season and is the absolute minimum for him to get a third year? We'll st- we'll do the, the rating part because I think I'll give him a B-plus for the offseason. You Maybe. stole my grade. That was- sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was leaning, I mean, maybe A minus. Like, there's for as many doubts. Even if you are a doubter about what Kenny Payne can do with the roster, which I'll hand up, I am. You still you, you've got to 
give him his props for what he's been able to do with the roster. You can't just poo-poo a top three recruiting class, a couple of really high-impact transfer portal players. I would have liked to have seen us do a little bit more in the portal, but the roster is better. The talent is there. You've got a ton of five-star, four-star kids uh, that are making up this roster. And I think now you look at it, and I don't want to dive, like I said, too deeply into the whole, like, what does he need to do just because we've got all summer to do it. But I do think you have a roster now that you can look at and realistically say, if this guy is going to be a coach who can win national championships for us, if this guy is a top 10 coach in the sport, which is the standard at a place like Louisville, which is a top 10 program in the sport, he should be able to, at the very least, have this team, this group of players, in NCAA tournament consideration. And... That's what I wanted this offseason because I, I want to know after a year or two. I don't want to go through year three of, of purgatory and we're still not sure if Kenny Payne's the guy. I want to know 100% after year two if this is going to work or if it's just not going to work. And I think we put a roster together that will give us that answer. And you know, it's a two-step process to win all of the fan base back and get us all excited about the future. Step one's complete, and now we've got uh, about five months to wait until we start start step two there. Yeah, 100%. B-plus. Um, and I, I don't know. I think all, I think a majority of the fan base, fan base shares your sentiment. Um, I think we just want to see it like last year, it was obvious from the get go that it was not happening and the talent and the roster just, you know, weren't enough to be competitive at any sort of level. And I feel like this roster from a talent perspective, at least it's like, okay, now we got something to work with. So now I think we want to see the coaching aspect and the development of the players and the, you know, involvement of the offense and what we're going to do on the defensive side of things. So I think now it's more, you know, we're kind of be going to be judgy of, Hey, you know, we need to see this improvement. If, 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 you know, we're heading in the right direction, then yes, maybe, uh, you know, year three and beyond is on the table here. I'd like to just know like what our defensive and offensive philosophy. That, that would be a start. That, that would be a start. That's where I want to start here. All right. I don't know if you have a day in the dumps. I've got a quick mic in the mud that I can do if you don't have a story or, or if you want to. Do your I second. mean, the only, I, geez, this, I don't even know if it's a day in the dumps. Like I, I'm really getting to know like the soccer parents of my team. And like last night, like I said, we went to the crew game, had some drinks and I don't know, like Kim wasn't there, but I was talking to a lot of the moms and they, you know, you just start, like, one of the moms is just, I mean, real nice lady. She just really likes to get deep and start drilling me with questions, whatever. I don't know what I said, but, like, Kim woke up with a text, and it was like, you and Danny used to publicly make out a lot in college. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and Kim was like, what is this? So I was like, I don't know what I was saying. Um, I was like, I was grasping for straws for answers here. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was a, it was a good time last night. To be uh, fair, it's a hundred percent true. I mean, I you, know, but we were, we were awful about either it. Either one of you has had like a, a couple of beers and there was like a Keeneland makeout session <laughs> happening immediately afterwards. You all were the king and queen of PDA back in the day. 100%. I'm like 10 to one just hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, or ten, ten to one just missed. On it, I'm like two dollars to win. <laughs> it's like, or it just missed. I need to make out. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Yeah. I, real quickly, I had to take I, I had to take John to his 18 month appointment uh, by myself. Mary had had work stuff going on, so I took him. And I know, like every kid hates the doctor. John fucking hates the doctor. Like, just <laughs> sees the building as we're walking in and just starts like screaming. Screams the entire time. 
they can't even like you know he he won't stand on the scale. They've got to get, bring out the baby scale for him. Uh, he, like he won't let the doctor really like hear his his heart or hear him breathe and all that. He just he screams almost the entire time. And so at the end of the at the end of the appointment, he's got to get one of his his shots. I don't even it, you know for Hep A, Hep C, Hep Hep, hep something. He's got to get the shot for. And the nurse comes in and she's like he's screaming. He's beside himself. And she's like, you can hold on to him if you want. He's still screaming. And she's like, if there's like a song or a video that he likes that you can play to calm him down, like feel free to do that on your phone. And I know what I've got to do in this situation. I don't want to do it, but I've got to do it. And I so I pull out my phone. I go to YouTube and I load up <laughs> Meow Mix 90s commercial medley <laughs> and play it at full volume as the nurse gives my kid a shot, like it calms him down immediately. He's like, meow, 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 meow. And I'm like, Oh, like this is the most embarrassing thing. I know I'm being judged. The, the nurse, I'm trying to like side eyed her and, and see like if she's laughing in my peripheral vision. I don't know if she is, but I can, I, I feel the judging coming through my left shoulder, but that was a very embarrassing dad moment, but uh, we, we got it done. We got him home. We got the shot in. So we're good to go. You got to gotta do what you can in those situations. It really, you know, you got to swallow your pride. And if, if, if Meow Meow is, is, is what John enjoys, then Meow Meow is what John's going to get. I like chicken. I like tuna. <laughs> meow Mix, Meow Mix, please deliver. Uh, that's we, we love our friends over at Meow Mix. Sponsor the pod, Meow Mix. We love you guys. All right, uh, reminder, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. It's the best way to find out when new episodes are available. Just search CC Podcast or search Louisville Podcast. It should pop up for you there. Uh, I don't I haven't looked if we have any new reviews, but if you leave us reviews, we will read them moving forward. Give us a nice rating as well. Dan, I'll, I'll be seeing you tomorrow. We'll have some some good stories, hopefully, for the next podcast of our adventures in Columbus. Should be a good time. All right, man. Go Cards. Go Cards.